As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Visa, a network working for everyone. It is Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. No Michael Beller. You know why, Brandon, right? You do know why he's not here. Yeah, he's uh, he's recreating yeah. the hangover in Hawaii, no, right? No, 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 no. For everybody watching, <laughs> his Wisconsin Badgers got smoked by Notre oh, Dame this wow. weekend. Yeah, told me this game was coming in the preseason, and that's that's why. He's like, I can't do the show with Jake. I didn't even wear this hat intentionally. Like before the show came out, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing this hat. And Beller's not here. Beller's not here to take it on the chin. Honestly, I didn't think they were winning that game, so I can't brag too much. But Well, look it. Put a pin in it. It'll still be raw for him in a week from now when he comes back. <laughs> it will be. Hey, the Eckler thing's looking good so far, too. Although Aaron Jones, they're, they're neck and neck. Everybody wins from that one. But not everybody won from week three. That's what we're here to talk about. Some takeaways. Potentially look forward to waivers. Uh, if you need a reminder, go over the athletic and check all that out. The waiver column will be out if you're listening on Monday at midnight for me. Uh, Fonston, you know what? I'm going to spin this a little bit differently, Fonston. I'm just going to say, what's your biggest, what's the biggest thing you took away from week three? Because mine is, I'm apologizing 
apologizing, apologizing to everybody nonstop about Justin Fields. That's my week three takeaway. Do you have one that trumps that? <laughs> no, I was. That's where I was going. That was the that was the thing. I mean, three carries for twelve yards. I mean, his over under uh, on you know his rushing prop was like in the fifties. So. We all got that wrong, and I, um, I missed that. I missed that prop. How <laughs> could I? Yeah, really exactly. I actually, I, mean, I had two different ones. I did the so I. I don't know if you saw when I tweeted this once, but as a joke, I was like, "I'm the guy that's sitting here." I've told you before. I text Chris Meany all the time about this. It's like, I'll do a five or six way. That's about usually where I peek out uh, parlays, and I always miss just one, like one little piece, <laughs> and it's usually the most egregious one. It's always like back in when we were doing the NBA season, it was like I bet LeBron James down to twenty points, and he scored eighteen because they ran away from the game. <laughs> <laughs> like like th- that kind of absurdity but i did one yesterday and i was like you know what i get a free bet well i'm doing a 12-way parlay i'm putting one from every single game because i'm an idiot um but i put justin fields for a rushing touchdown prop but so i talked about him on another show so i don't want to go too long i want to give most of the time to you brandon because everybody's seen i've already apologized for saying that he's qb12 i already apologized for saying that you should start him but here's where i went with it funston is I said, I made the mistake I try to tell everybody not to make all the time. And that's sitting here thinking we know what the coaches think and that we know more than the coaches and we know better than the coaches. And I compared it to, again, the Lamar Miller situation I bring up all the time from years ago where we said, let's do it, let's do it, bang the table, give him more touches, and then he gets more touches and he's the same old Lamar Miller, less efficient. The thing I said that I took away from that game is that Matt Nagy I don't want to say he set him up for failure, that he's purposely setting him up, but he did not set him up to succeed. He did not change his offense. He didn't split the field in half. He didn't give him rushing opportunities for everybody out there. If you are a subscriber to The Athletic, read Kevin Fishbane's article. It breaks it down better than we have time for. But is that your takeaway, Funston? Is that like maybe sometimes we should stop thinking we know what the coaches sh- should do? Well, I I think that's been my takeaway for twenty plus years that I've been here. It's like <laughs> I, I sometimes seems see uh, you know things seem very obvious that the coaches you know are completely lost on the coaches. Um, in the case of Justin Fields, so yeah, there should have been designed runs. Um, and now if you listen, you know the Ohio State fans are coming out of the woodwork and saying this was the problem. A he's he's a good runner, but he doesn't naturally have like an. A, a, a strong desire to always be running. Um, so, and he wants to pass first and he wants, and he holds on to the ball too long. And, you know, so this is, a, this is interesting because if he gets another start, it's against Detroit. Um, it'll be a can, much can better. You start him? I mean, can, can you not, if Andy Dalton's not ready to go? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I think after this week, I don't think we can. I mean, like you look- can't, you can't like, you can't step on the future of you, have you have you just decided he's not oh, your I meant, future? Like, can you start him in fantasy? Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is not unlike Jalen Hurts. I'm trying to remember had a, had a horrible game like this last year. I want to say, um, but see, he, at least the Eagles brought in some well, not brought in or designed some plays for Hurts to succeed. Like they couldn't overhaul the offense. I mean, go back to Lamar Jackson's rookie season. They didn't overhaul the Flacco offense from Lamar Jackson. That was in the off season, but. You knew this. Nagy knew going into the season you drafted Justin Fields. You knew Justin Fields needs a different offense than Andy Dalton. I honestly put 100% of this on Nagy, is that I don't think he knows how to work with a quarterback like this. I don't think he knows how to design an offense that doesn't have a quarterback standing in the pocket and just being Andy Dalton. And again, well, I, I mean, how, how different in style is Justin Fields from Pat Mahomes, though? I mean, 
kind of kind of similar. I mean, Justin Fields, when you watch him, he seems like he's much better on the run, you know, throwing when he's, you know, well, kind of style, but talent level. I don't think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I will say this is are we not potentially and I jokingly said this yesterday, but I don't know if we can say that I'm wrong in joking, saying it. How different is Nagy than Gase at this point? Gase lived off of Peyton Manning. Yeah. And like, yeah. was Na- was Nagy anything to do with Patrick Mahomes? Or is it just, you, okay, good luck. You you happen to be there when Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, who was also under Andy Reid at the time. Yeah, there's a great meme going around about how many, all these people that, like, their worlds just got so much better the year after Adam Gase left. And, and you know, Nagy might be, might be that new guy. I think the, the point here, like, the real story is, it's not whether you're playing. I mean, because we were talking about playing Justin Fields in one QB leagues this last week. Now mm-hmm. you have to be in a bad way in a two QB league to think about playing him next week. But the problem is, what about people that have David Montgomery and Allen Robinson? These guys are, you yes. know, top two and three round picks in your draft that you're now like, it's hard to say that you can use them. It's the Detroit Lions. It's going to be a pretty big conundrum this this week coming up. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. On the other side of that game, though, Odell Beckham back, just start him as a top Top at least a wide receiver three, if not just put him in your lineups. We feel good. I I think so. I mean, five for seventy seven. You get what was it seven or nine targets out of the gate. Um, there's just nothing. I mean, there's nothing else of substance. <laughs> he almost had an Odell Beckham like catch in that game too. And I don't know if you saw yeah. that one that he almost came down with. Yeah. So I mean, I just think the volume opportunity is going to be there. No Jarvis Landry. You kind of you know, I there should be somewhere between seven to ten targets for him most weeks. I would assume. So uh, yeah, I feel good about him being back. And I actually have surprisingly, I actually have him in a couple teams because I haven't really been big on the Odell side. But uh, I grabbed him a couple teams late, and so I'm finally feeling good about being able to use him. Just came out of value, honestly. Yeah. So uh, you know what? I- I don't want to go like down the schedule because I want to just talk. It's been kind of poo pooey start because we're talking about Justin Fields. So let, let's bring <laughs> you want back. to talk about something happy. Yeah, let's talk about something happy. Let's talk about the fact that Saquon Barkley is back. Yeah. And, you know, this is for everything. I, I can't say anything without it sounding like a victory lap ever. Even, so you know that. But <laughs> it, like, I will say I want to present this because there's a reason behind it. So I kept saying draft Barkley at the end of the first round because by October, we're going to get 100% Barkley. You know this. I kept saying the first four weeks, easiest time to replace a running back. At worst case, you're getting a flex level running back. I present all that not to victory lap, Brandon. I present all that to, to frame the question this way. Is he already back and it's not October? That That's what I say. It's like, Devontae Booker was a healthy and active. That shows the confidence the Giants had in him. Over 100 yards, a touchdown. He did lead the game for a little bit, but came right back in and didn't look like he lost a step at all. And it looks like maybe not 100, but he's 95% Barkley. And if that's the case, and I'm setting this question up, he is now top 10. He's back to being top 10 every single week, regardless of matchup, right? Yeah, I had this is I think each of the previous two weeks I had him ranked outside my top 20 running backs. This week felt like I I moved him inside my top 10 and then when you saw the Devontae Booker inactive it was like, "Okay, this is definitely going to be a Barkley game. He gets 22 touches." I think the thing that was nice to see was the six catches cuz that's the old school Barkley. That's kind of what made him up there with Christian McCaffrey's ability to catch 80 plus balls and you know, that should be something that should be a regular thing going forward. If he's all the way back and they're going to use him like they utilized him in the for- before, that includes a regular diet in the passing game. And we saw that the running looked better. Yeah, I think we're going to have to go forward now with the expectations that he's going to be pushing 20 touches 
most weeks, as long as he doesn't get hurt again. <laughs> as long as he doesn't get hurt yeah, again. Yeah, knocking on wood uh, right now. On the other side of that game, though, let's go back to the poo-poo side of things. I'm not <laughs> poo-pooing on. There's a shout-out to Beller. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's right. I know where you're going how with this. Can, <laughs> how can... How <laughs> can... How concerned should we legitimately be about the Falcons at this point? Calvin Ridley isn't even averaging 10 yards. Uh, Kyle Pitts completely being left out. Teams are teams are covering him like he's a wide receiver, too. I mean, what's your concern level 1 to 10 on the Falcons right now? Uh, you know, as a team that's decided to center their offense around Cordero Patterson, um, (laughs) (laughs) a journeyman, uh, special teams extraordinaire. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, I think if you have Calvin Ridley, you're, you're getting the volume you want. You're just not getting like the depth of target and the, you know, the yardage you want. It's everything is. It's a it's a it's a crappy offense straight up, and it's uh you know I don't know if it's just the growing pains with Arthur Smith. He doesn't know how to do anything beside you know it's, it's like does he have a plan for Kyle Pitts? You know, Michael Salfino wrote that up in his scouting notebook. It's like they don't you know you thought that when they drafted him that high that they actually had a plan for him, and it doesn't look like they have any idea how to use him at all. Nagy and Fields, right? Like, yeah. Like I don't know that Nagy was on the same page as the front office when they traded up and said, "Oh, we got we got to go with Fields," and he was just like, "Oh, I guess I guess that's what we're doing." <laughs> right. So I mean, how concerned are you? Because I would say I'm pretty concerned. I think you know there was enough there in, in the in the first. There's enough there in the first three weeks, and if you look at the, how the tight end position is, we said it, you know, wasn't going to be bad after like the first seven or eight, and it legitimately is. So, like, I, you know, I think, and uh, wasn't Pitts also like interfered with on a play that would have potentially uh, been another? Oh yeah. Nice. So Logan Ryan basically tackled him in the end. Right. So two for thirty-five is not the end of the world kind of production, especially when you know there was also the potential for something else. And this is maybe what his floor is right now. So yeah, you know what Kyle Pitts feels like to me, Mark Andrews before week three. Go get it while you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think there was enough there to to kind of have hope in going forward. There's been enough in the first three weeks to say, okay, once they sort of iron things out, everything's going to be fine with Kyle Pitts. On the waiver side of thing, if this is a big if, so people are going to have to pay attention, but also we might not get word by the time people run their waivers. If Slayton and Shepard are both sidelined, are you Colin Johnson or Kadarius Tony? Because this is what I said, Faustin, is I think everybody's going to go after Tony, and I'm going to go take Ch- Johnson on the cheap because here's why. Is Shepard and Slayton both healthy? We know Shepard's the guy because he's out there more than Slayton. Kadarius Tony fills the Shepherd role, but he wouldn't be out there the Shepherd volume. He would be out there the Slayton volume, and the person out there with the Shepherd volume, despite not playing the same role as Shepherd, would be Colin Johnson. So I'm letting everybody go crazy, spending too much fab on Tony, and I'm going after the quote unquote vet who's not dealing with rookie issues and going after Johnson. Are you on the same page, or are you going to go after Tony? No, I'd go after Colin Johnson. I mean, I'm also just going to take the most recent context clues, which was, you know, seven targets and five catches for Colin Johnson. And look at it. If it's close on a matter of principle, I'm not going after Kadarius Tony because he was grousing, you know, after the last game about not getting involved <laughs> and you're a rookie and you had like a terrible preseason by a, a lot of accounts. You know, a guy that was like um, sort of problematic for a while and with his attitude and yeah, just on principle. And if in a close, you know, in a close call, I'm going to go with the guy that's not the prima Donna. So give me Colin Johnson. 
<laughs> All right. Well, somebody who's certainly not a prima donna, but is still available in a lot of leagues, even after last week. Well, he did it again this week. Are you doing Zach Moss? Or are we, no. Are you getting- <laughs> Gosh, man. I just, same as it ever was. This is like a... I mean, you think that Devin Singletary is kind of opening up a, a lead there, and then all of a sudden, you know, last week Moss got in the end zone. It wasn't with much production. This week he actually gets appreciable touches and gets touchdowns. I, like, I, I'm i leaning into Moss more than Singletary at this point because he's the guy scoring the touchdowns, and now he's getting even volume. So uh, I guess I'm back to where I thought I was going to be going into the year, and then I had kind of two two-week hiccup with Devin Singletary that I had to think about, but – Kind of feels like a Zach Moss territory. Kind of feels like I still don't want anything to do with the Bills' backfield. Would you at least put it this way? If you know your league, again, everybody the same reason we talk fab and you know your league, but if you know your league somewhat trades, you at least take a flyer on Moss to pick him up and just immediately sell him? Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, and, and look, it. let's be honest, like, Two running. Well, no. Ba- here's here's what I'm thinking of. Here here's why. Okay. Because like, is this what you're gonna do? You got a league? You're no, gonna no, actually- no, no. I, I no, no. I see these things happening. I see these questions. I tell people a lot of the buy lows and sell highs I get are from the comments asked in the waiver and rankings column. So I get a, like a perception of what people are thinking. If he's out there, or if you have Zach Moss, immediately trade him for Robert Woods. People are full on panic oh, on Robert Woods. Oh gosh, right now. that would be yeah. That would be like that. Okay, almost so be the def- definition of the perfect. Buy low, you know, the perfect sell high, buy low trade. That's it right there. That's, you know, put it put it in the dictionary. <laughs> okay. Week three uh, version you, of Robert Woods <laughs> for Zach Moss. I love it. Oh, uh, if you went to the dictionary, look for like shortest career spans. Uh, it might be Tyson <laughs> Williams. Uh, are, oh, are we, are we done? Uh, this is this officially that the time is. And I, I, I don't want to make this the question because I know your answer is going to be no, but for context and maybe 10 team leagues are you dropping Tyson Williams that, that's like because you're we're gonna get asked that and that's why I say it oh uh, 10 team league I think it's perfectly fair I I played him in two 12 team leagues and I you know he's he's banished to my bench this week and um you know it'll take more than like it'll take more than like seven carries and a touchdown like 50 yards to get him back in there you need to you need to see him kind of just lead the way a little bit better than this you know, this mix and match of three running backs that they have going on. And I mean, if you can't trust them against the Lions, I mean, who are you going to trust them against? Mm, I think that's the biggest question is, it, yeah, it was the Lions. Yeah. And it should have been multiple options that were able to produce. You should not have game. needed a 66 yard field goal to win that game. <laughs> you know, that was not the, the, the way it was doink in, by the way, that was. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I, I, I mean, they showed the ba- I was watching on Red Zone. They showed the behind the field goal uh, view. So once they hit the upright, you couldn't tell which way it bounced. And there was like a little delay before the referees put up their I, arms. That's the same thing. Yeah. I saw the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, hey, for everybody out there that's coming after me, like you owe Justin Tucker an apology. No, I don't. Because if he didn't miss the field goal early in the game, he wouldn't have needed the 66-yarder. <laughs> Just because he's in the record books doesn't mean it wasn't his own fault for getting there. So no, I'm not giving him any credit. Uh, so... <laughs> On the Lions side of the ball, eh, one to ten concern of Hawkinson. Is this just because this is what we thought could be the problem? Is that if teams are smart, take away Hawkinson and force the ball to go to Cephas and Khalif Raymond and whenever Tyrell Williams goes. So I mean, did we get a blueprint of that Hawkinson might not be in that top five tier like we thought he was just because of volume? 
Um, I mean, I guess if, if everybody wants to take this blueprint, but then, they, you know, how good of a blueprint is it that you squeaked out a two-point win against the Lions where you let DeAndre Swift go crazy in the passing game, right? Like, I mean, if they want to do that, it could, it could be just, uh, you know, it could be a big boon for DeAndre Swift, who just continues to look great. And, um, you know, I, I think he can be a momentum guy that might be a real difference maker in the second half of the year, but, uh. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm not too worried about TJ Hawkinson just because of the state of the tight end position and the fact that Hawkinson's already showed out in a couple of games. And if like teams are really going to sell out to stop him, they a have to have a good defense like the Ravens do, you know, and you know, I, I don't know if they'll always be successful. Um, so in this, and I'm just looking down because I'm looking at my camera for whatever the heck Barkley is doing. She's just been having a great day. Cause she, she's <laughs> yeah, been you're not allowed to yesterday. take Barkley out to go to the bathroom during this pod. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't do that anymore. She just, she's, ha- she's happy anyway after yesterday, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The waiver side of things, how aggressive would you be going after the Bears for the matchup against the Lions? Because you could look at it this a couple of ways. You could say, hey, it's the Bears going against Jared Goff. On the flip side of it, you said, well, that defense might be on the field a lot if this Justin Fields thing goes belly up again. Yeah. Um, you, you, how aggressive for the Bears or for the, getting the Lions defense? is what No, for the Bears defense. I mean, I, oh, okay, put it out. Would you rather have the Lions defense or the Bears defense this Well, week? I think this is easily enough a contingency, you know, a contingency claim where you're not really having to put out a whole lot of money. You're just putting those two, you're stacking them in order and hoping you get one of them. Um, yeah, I mean. Let me th- here, 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 how about this one? You, have you ever spent more than $2 for a defense? No, but when I was talking about matchups, so how about, how about this? Would you start? defenses that people have had would you start the rams defense at home against arizona or would you start the bears against the lions Mm, i think i would i think i would take the potential you know kyler murray does something crazy turnover thing to keep (laughs) the rams and not have to worry about trying to get them back later or you know like because the rams you know for most weeks you're going to feel good about playing them so you kind of want to go to they go to seattle next week after that (laughs) You're, you're t- I don't know. They just scored 17 points against uh, the I Vikings. Say, I, I don't I know. Know. We'll, we'll say this is the reason you don't want to give up the Rams, by the way. Yeah. By the way, to, to put it up there, let's talk about after the Seahawks. Giants, Lions, Texans. <laughs> See, <laughs> I think you're able to just like try to live for the next couple of weeks. Find to get a to way the, to hold yeah. on to the Rams. Seriously. You can. <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's about as crazy as you can get. So, so, speaking of the Cardinals, let's stick in this game. But let's go to the Jaguars. Jaguars, first. yeah. Be- because let's start with good in this game. Yep. Instead of let's starting with bad. For everybody that knows where I'm probably going with the bad. Uh, for the good, James Robinson. Well, second half James Robinson. First half James Robinson was certainly bad. Second half, James Robinson. 
everybody knows my answer if they saw me talking to Chris Meany. So I'm going to ask you the question and let you have it, Brandon. I said, I am selling the living hell out of James Robinson if I can right now, because it was one of the tastiest matchups you can find. And there was zero usage and zero production from James Robinson in the first half. Everybody's going to look at the box score and see what happened. I am not sold that James Robinson is okay now. Well, I will say that, you know, when they were competitive, he wasn't doing a whole lot. And then in the second half, when it was getting away from him, he was. Like, right. that kind of feels like it could be a pretty common narrative. So it's not like the way this could game be. played out is is going to be an anomaly. It might be the reg for uh, James Robinson and company. So, I, you know, I'm not going to overpay for him, but I feel a lot better about him right now because I just feel like this could be – I mean, he's clearly the one, number one guy. We saw him kind of step up in that role after Kyler's high was kind of playing even with him week one. He kind of took that clear role back in week two, and now he put the production behind it week three like i don't think the garbage time is going to go away for the jag so i'm interested in james robinson i wouldn't overpay for him but if you're selling him for market price i might take him mm, james robinson or let me see if i can find a good one to throw at you james robinson or how the lead of a split backfield how about Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams? You could take your choice. You could take either Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon or James Robinson. I would put I would put uh, James Robinson in that sandwich with Melvin Gordon on the bottom and Javante Williams on top. And man, I I mean I don't know if that's the smart thing, but I can't let go of the idea of Javante <laughs> Williams. It didn't was wasn't lead. wasn't great this week with him. Um, but I'm st- it was until the fumble. I yeah. mean, and everybody's going to focus on the fumble, but like it's not like running backs aren't going to fumble. Yeah, right. the production was mediocre though, and you know you you lose the touch eighteen to twelve or eighteen carries to twelve to Melvin sure. Gordon. Like I I, I kind of felt like this was the week where we would see sort of a little bit of inching forward ahead of Gordon for Javante Williams, and we're not there yet. Okay, so the Cardinals. Eh, eh, hey, remember Rondell Moore? That was good times. Oh, the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah, look at to I, your I, credit, you're the one who's been. You're the one who's been saying, look at Rondell Moore looks great, but he's just not on the field enough. And he's still not 22 on 22 snaps, 22 snaps, 14 pass 37 routes, 37 for Christian Kirk. Well, but I had him and this is why I can still say that and be wrong because I had him as a wide receiver three low end, but I had him as wide receiver three because DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and this is what I brought up. And for your opinion as well, because it's always good to get context from everybody. I said, I still had Hopkins at, I think, wide receiver 14 ish. 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Because I said, I'm playing Hopkins. He's played through injuries before. So this was the question I asked Chris was the fact of DeAndre Hopkins, where do you usually draw the line when it comes to somebody who might be a decoy, who might be playing through injury, that type of stuff? Like, is it? And I'm talking about wide receiver ones. I'm not talking about wide receiver threes because if they were injured and banged up, we would just say bench him. There's no reason to go through that risk. So wide receiver ones, Hopkins, just Justin Jefferson, Metcalf, lot like all these names that are wide receiver ones. If they potentially are in the situation of Hopkins, are you still rolling them out there, or do you think we need to downgrade them more than I even did? Well, I didn't do it with Hopkins. I didn't think it was going to be as big a deal as it was but I kind of did it this week with Amari Cooper and I I think I moved him down to like wide receiver 24 or 25 and that's when when it's a number one kind of ish wide receiver that I think is going to play I usually drop him right into that mid-20s range if they're normally like a top 10 12 kind of guy that's that's usually where I end up because you know you, you never you never really know how hurt they are but you always have to give them you know the the benefit of the doubt that they can make a play and you know and do something that 
they typically normally would do. So, yeah, that's usually where I'm at. Um, I hate to have those guys and actually have to put them in my lineup, but you know, in terms of <laughs> ranking, that's where I settle in most of the time. Okay, let's talk about the Chiefs. Let's talk about another similar to James Robinson. We finally got some good. We finally got some good from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. Not only does the usage remain, we, we that was the positive is the fact that there wasn't you know a lot of production. Um, I you know this yeah I broke it down. It's like it's one of the also another really great matchup. The Chargers are up there with the Cardinals and mm-hmm. allowing big plays to running backs a lot before and after the contact and all that type of stuff. But it's not just that for Edwards-Alaire receiving touchdown for Edwards Alaire where he'd been pretty much left out so far, Brandon. So who do you but I'm gonna ask you that way. Who do you feel better about? James Robinson or Clyde Edwards? And don't say because Clyde Edwards Alaire is on the Chiefs. We know that's the answer. Right. But who who do you feel better about performance trust wise between James Robinson and Edwards Alaire in week three? Like whose usage did you feel better about? Uh I kind of, you know, I want to be honest, I would sell Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'd be more inclined to sell Clyde Edwards Hilaire because we know that there's an ap- appetite for people who just want to think of, you know, project Clyde Edwards Hilaire as this, you know, awesome entity in this, you know, super powered offense. And A, there's some issues with the Chiefs right now, but B, like, it is nice that he got a receiving touchdown, but he had two targets for nine yards. That's just not enough. Like I've been banging this drum that he should be the Austin Eckler of this offense. He should be getting five to seven, you know, targets mm-hmm. each game. Should be getting four to five catches each game. And it's it's just not how they're using him. So you have a game like this against a, an opponent that we kind of knew was going to be generous in giving up the production, and he and he does it. And there's going to be a lot of people who think, okay, things are all good with Clyde Edwards-Helaire now. And I think they'd be willing to pay more than they probably ultimately going to be worth because I don't think that usage, the way he was used, really sells me uh, on him any more than I than where I was already you, at. Are, are you? Are, I'm not. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Are you? Or would you say that James Robinson is more productive than Edwards Lair rest of the season? No, but I think it's maybe closer than very very close. I, I, yeah, I think it's somewhat close, and I think a lot of people would say, "Oh, I'd way much rather have Ceh." And I don't know if that's there's not going to be that big of a disparity in my mind. Okay, uh, I'm not going to hey. bet you James Robinson for Clyde Edwards the rest of the year if that's what you're trying to. But it's angle. at least it's conversation. I mean, that's it's the in point the conversation. There. You know, yeah. I'm I, I'm saying I'm walking up to the edge, but I'm not jumping over. I'm not jumping off. <laughs> you're on the edge of the high dive and you're changing your mind. Is that I'm just thinking me? about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a lot further down than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> exactly. If, if, if you could, Funston, and take off your headphones and run around your house for a victory lap, would you do it on Mike Williams at this point? Oh, yes. Well, my question, and it, this seems like a legitimate question after three weeks, is he the number one receiver for the Chargers? That was going to be my question to you. I was going to say, is this the... Is this the passing of the torch of Calvin Ridley taking over Julio Jones last year? And are we doing it now with Mike Williams over Keenan Allen? I, but if we knew Mike Williams plays the entire season, because that's why he was down in drafts, is because he gets hurt every single year. So it, they both play 16 games, not even 17, just give him one off game each. So they both play 16 games. Mike Williams finishes ahead of Keenan Allen. Odds of that happening? Um, I think 90. Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's right there. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the way they've been used, uh, you're thinking about you know who's going to get in the end zone more often. Like he's legitimately playing that Michael Thomas role. That's just it's 
just been something that was said and it's, it's kind of playing itself out. I think the, the Julio and Calvin Ridley comparison is, is great because it could be that they're both, if they both play 16 games, they're going to be very close. You know, I don't know that there's a, there's a clear number one. I would right now I'd say Mike Williams is a guy that I would want if I knew they're all going to play, but I don't think that Keenan Allen's going to be that far back in production. I mean, this is the turning into the Vikings and the Seahawks. Right, yeah. And it's just, it's fine to have both of them, even if you fell into both of them. Obviously, you try to trade one if you can. Uh, so let me flip it that way to you, Funston. Let me say this. I'm trying to think. Assuming A.J. Brown's healthy, like okay, this is just a big assumption, but even if healthy, A.J. Brown's been off to a very slow start. If somebody came to you, A.J. Brown for Mike Williams. Yeah. I, I would take you that. Sell. I would. I would take Mike Williams. And we got to remember, I mean, Mike Williams, you mentioned he's been hurt and all that, but he was he was a first-round pick. He's a first-round talent. He's oh, yeah, he's course. a very of talented course. player who never people really— People are arguing he was the better wide receiver in that draft class. Right. And Not a lot. I mean, a lot of people were on Davis, but there was enough people that were saying that Williams deserved to be in the conversation. Yeah, and he just, you know, he hasn't been utilized in a role like this. You know, he's always been treated as that vertical threat that's got to go down and make the big play in traffic and, like, never given an opportunity to be something more than that. And he's getting that now. This, you know, this should be what, you know, what what they wanted from him when they drafted him, to not just be a one-trick pony receiver. All right. Um, What might be the quickest game recap? Do we care about anybody in the Saints except for Kamara, including Jameis Winston? Like, <laughs> no, Jameis Winston still hasn't thrown for two hundred yards. That that over under uh, his prop was two hundred twenty eight <laughs> passing yards. I laughed at that. I'm like, you think that you know after going for less than one hundred and forty in the first two games, that Bill Belichick's going to have him come out and, and let him throw for two thirty? There's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing there. And this is not a Michael Thomas fix either. This is just a this is just a big problem. So, um. There's, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some banging of the drum to let them see what Taysom Hill does for this offense at some point. Don't you think? (laughs) I mean, I think there will be, but the funny thing is, is it's not all Winston's fault, honestly. I mean, look at his core of wide receivers. I, I think Mike, I think Michael Thomas would be a huge benefit, but at the same time, you know, you gotta, is it? Is it maybe Sean Payton is trying to keep him too conservative? Is I don't know, but did you see possible? the touchdown to Marquez Callaway? That was that was why the guy had thirty interceptions. You know, like those kind of passes, sure. and that one worked out for him. But that could easily have been, you know, a bad interception in the end. Well, and like there's still that that old Jameis is still lurking there. I've seen that kind of rear its head a few times this year, and I, you know, there could be some key situations coming oh, up the next few weeks where that where that Winston shows up again. And I just think at some point we might be seeing Taysom Hill starting games and playing the majority of the snaps for a few, for a few games at least. Okay. So on the Patriots side, Mm. where do you want to take away from this game? Do you want to take away concerns for Harris? Jacoby Myers does something. The tight ends are actually turns out to be worthless. Like (laughs) I jokingly tweeted that yesterday. Fonston, I said, Jono, the answer. Nope. Hunter Henry, the answer. Nope. Both the answer. Nope. It's actually. Yeah. This one was weird because yeah, I guess, you know, they don't want to, the Patriots don't want to throw 51 times. They don't want Mac Jones throwing 51 times. And, you know, they just got down. Might be the only way. (laughs) He could 51 times got him 270. I don't know. He might have to throw it 60 plus. But uh, (laughs) like, I think normally if they can keep it competitive, you're going to be okay with Damian Harris. This is just one of those games where they couldn't get the volume in the backfield and, um, you know, worked out well for the 
compilers like Jacob Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, but um, you know, I don't. I think this is one you kind of just throw away. Although, you know, I didn't like to see that James White did nothing in the passing game. You know, I was kind of starting to get into the idea that James White was going to be sort of a weekly flex option and be fairly reliable in his James White kind of ways. And then this game, I don't know why it didn't work out for him, but he got he didn't even have a catch, which was weird. He threw fifty one times. Yeah, he also got hurt in it. Yeah, and they got hurt, and then Brandon Bolden basically replaced his role. Like that—that's the thing to say with Harris is that that role isn't going anywhere. Uh, the, the Patriots are just going to keep locking step with that one. So, <sighs> Funstead, I don't even want to ask you this one. And I guess it's a good thing we're doing it without Beller here because we are talking oh. Wisconsin again. You know where I, I'm going, right? Running back. What do you? Go ahead. How co- how concerned are we for Jonathan Taylor? Because speaking of a role, not going. This is interesting because going into this week, we're like, it's fine. Naeem Hines, do your thing. Because Jonathan Taylor is getting so much work, so many touches inside the goal line, still getting passing game work. And then Naeem Hines is not going the hell away. He's two weeks in a row now taking touchdowns away from Jonathan Taylor. One to 10. Here, do it again. One to 10. Concern level for Jonathan um, Taylor. Five, six, somewhere in the middle. Like. I mean, that's significant. He looked good. That's, you know, give him that. He passed the eye test. I mean, yeah, I mean, 10 carries, 64 good. yards. I was I watched a bunch of those carries. He he looks fast. You know, he looks strong. Like, Naheem Hines isn't going away, although he does. I mean, like, if you go back to last year, he had some, some huge games. He does go away. It's just really hard to, it's really hard to predict when that <laughs> happens. But, uh, you know, with Marlon Mack out of the lineup, you're going ha- to you're gonna see Naheem Hines in there, whether he's stealing touchdowns or not would be a different story. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor got stoned at the goal line a whole bunch last week, and who knows, like, what they're thinking at the goal line now. But Frank Reich didn't change his play, like, at all. And so maybe, they, you know, they went back to the drawing board and and they're coming up with a, f- a few new ideas around new wrinkles at the goal line for other, other ways to score because it certainly didn't work last week. Yeah, and here's the, for everybody out there, the snap count here, 34 for Hines. Do you know what the snap count was for Jonathan Taylor? Uh, let's say 34. I'll Ugh. try 29. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's... Hines is, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were down. So, you know, it's a passing, you know, passing game when you're. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, that, that's not even a, a 50 50 split. Yeah, that's just kind of gross. gross. <laughs> but real quick, are, is Carson Wentz not 100%? Do we just kind of bench the wide receivers now? Because the fact that it's almost like Ben Roethlisberger, him playing is worse than him getting healthy or turning yeah, to another. Yeah, I mean, option. I I was I was only mildly interested in, in my, Michael Pittman even when Wentz was all the way healthy. I mean, I, I you know some people love him. I, I I understand that he is the number one guy there, but I mean, an unhealthy Carson Wentz. Yeah, I think you're just out on these Colts receivers. You know, you're gonna have to make them play their way back onto the onto your fantasy you know starting lineup. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's talk about the worst-looking quarterback in the league who 
and honestly, outside of Justin Fields, but he's the worst looking because of what we already know he can be. So he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. And Ben Roethlisberger, for all intents and purposes, Brandon, is just pulling that offense down. I mean, there's and pulling it down because he can't throw anything. Uh, before we talk about the good, because Najee Harris is definitely the good of it, the pit passing game, obviously, look, we don't know what's going on with Juju. We don't know if Deontay's back. It sounds like he could be because Deontay was still kind of up in the air until Friday. Uh, granted, he was out before Sunday, but there was hope that he might be able to play. But all that being said, so there's still a lot to figure out, Claypool, Juju, and that. The good thing. Pat Airfryermuth yep. shows up again. If you're tight end needy, do you go after Fryermuth? And how concerned are you? Like, Let's say all three wide receivers are out there next week. Do any of them reach your top 20? Yeah, it was interesting. I was actually big on Juju because I was like, okay, Deontay Johnson's out. He's he's he was sort yeah, of so was like, I. and Roethlisberger he can't, can't throw and thirty yards. Clay, Claypool's <laughs> a dot was seventeen going into this game, and Juju's was in the fours. And I'm like, okay, and Deontay's was like nine. And I'm like, okay, all those Deontay, you know, that was probably the max range of Ben Roethlisberger. He's gonna, just going to dump all those Deontay targets onto Juju. And what happens is Chase Claypool becomes the, you know, becomes a short area guy instead of the deep guy. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's like full PPR leagues. These guys work out. They're just getting no yards out of it. You know, it's, 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 um, <laughs> you know, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw the ball and they, they, they can't run the ball too well. So that's kind of like how you, it's sort of like, you know, Tom Brady, when he would make little short passes as a, like the de facto run game. So, um, I think they're going to continue to do it. If I'm ranking him still, you know, Deontay's kind of seemed to be the Ben's favorite. I'll probably put him back as, as the number one guy, but I'm going to temper my enthusiasm for all these guys going forward. Uh, do you know who led the league in target so far this uh, week? Was it Najee? <laughs> it was Najee Harris, 19. Devontae That's Adams had insane. 18. That <laughs> so, is insane. Volume is king. We said it. Don't worry about offensive line. Don't worry about offensive line. Don't worry about offensive line. And volume is king. Now, of course, nobody expected that. And I would say it probably takes two plus games to get 19 again for Harris, just knowing how normally things go. Yeah. It probably takes three games. But on the other side of this, Funston, draft Joe Burrow. Nope. Draft Joe. Now, uh, no, I, you're shaking your head. I, I'm setting that up because we did that a lot in the preseason. Uh, I led by me. Then partly it was because I thought that Joe Burrow would be top three, if not potentially leading the league in pass attempts. This is why I'm setting this up is because I said, you know what, Joe Burrow, you don't have to start him against the Steelers. It's a concerning matchup. His look questionable at times through the first two games. He didn't even throw the ball 20 times, Funston, but he was remarkably efficient and looked really good yesterday. Are we back to start Joe Burrow? How can you start? not be? Like, first like, of all, how that, often are the Bengals going to really okay. hold a lead like that? And, and Like, it's a great... It's a great look for Joe Burrow that without T. Higgins, he still was able to, you know, get Jamar Chase his and Tyler Boyd his and, you know, complete 14 of 18 passes and get three touchdown passes. Like, against a tough defense without T. Higgins, if they just go back to being the Cincinnati that we think they are, that's going to be, you know, a slightly below average team that's going to have to throw a decent amount. Like, and again, Joe Burrow's coming back from a big injury that we know he wasn't feeling confident about, you know, in preseason and he was trying. Yeah, like, like once he's kind of got you know a good month underneath him, like he's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> start Joe like, Burrow. Bar- Barkley, Barkley is yeah, Barkley's endorsing that. <laughs> she, she just looked up when I said 
<laughs> I just woke her up. So she wasn't fully asleep, but she. But, uh, interesting question from Phil Mike here, Fonston. Rest of the season, Allen Robinson or Jamar Chase? You gotta go Jamar Chase, don't you? Like it's it's three good games in a row. It I feels know. so disrespectful. And, and it's weird because Allen Robinson's never been QB dependent to be good, but this is like it's, volume is king. He's not getting the volume. Twenty twenty one has come out for Allen Robinson. Yeah, it's Matt Nagy trying to. Well, here's the thing. I mean, a non-field. Is Nagy going to survive another month? Like, I, I, he I mean, shouldn't. I know Bear fans are be hoping lead, he does. He's got to be the leader and first coach fired in terms of odds. He was already. I think yeah. he was top five preseason. He's got to have moved up so by now. There's a. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. Just to throw this out about coaches being fired, uh, the Giants punted on the Falcons thirty-nine on fourth and three. Just so you know, everybody, if you want to talk about coaches being fired, that the Giants deserve to lose that. Well, not the Giants don't. They don't. They don't deserve Joe Judge calling that. Joe Judge deserves to yeah. lose that game. That's brutal. On their thirty-nine. I thought that was just automatic. Three, now you punted. You know, like less than five yards, you're well inside your opponent's territory. Like that's just an automatic go for it, isn't it? Uh, you would think so. So what I thought was automatic. Yeah. Thank you for a transition. I appreciate that, Boston. I thought Cortland Sutton was automatic start. Kind of meh yesterday. But here's how I'm looking at it, Fonston. It's my second chance to buy low if I missed the first opportunity. Yeah, I mean, look it. And you can get excited about Tim Patrick, too. Go out and buy Cortland Sutton low. But also, like, if Tim Patrick's still floating around there. People still don't want to pick him up. Teddy Bridgewater's throwing the ball deep. That was like, you know... The T-Rex Teddy jokes about how he's, you know, likes to keep everything short and all that stuff. He was went into this week as the leader in 20 pass pass attempts of 20 plus air yards. So they're throwing it deep um, and KJ Hamler gets hurt. So now you're kind of like making life a little bit easier to try to figure out this receiving core. It's Sutton and it's Patrick. And, you know, I think you should feel good about both of them most weeks. I know you can't feel good about the Jets offense, but. Are we still on Michael Carter? Time still it's slowly happening, but it's happening. Or are you well, a I mean, I, after yesterday? We had to we had to temper our expectations anyways because it was Denver, right? Like you're not expecting a whole lot of these guys. And the way Zach right. Wilson looked last week, it's like, oh, this is not gonna be good. Uh what was great is he just dominated the touches. So No, what was great was the Denver defense. Oh, I, I did that have that. Yeah, that was great. But uh, <laughs> like in a better matchup, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better about Michael Carter. I think things are trending in the right direction. The problem is, is I I assumed this wasn't going to be as bad a Jets kind of offensive environment as it was last year, but I might be wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might, might be, be worse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then let's talk about, I guess, can we root for the Raiders just to play overtime yes, every single week? Yes, Is I, that possible? Weirdly, just, just rooting for the Raiders. Weekend? You know you know me, I kind of sort of always liked Derek Carr. Well, you know what I was rooting for? And I love, and you were on the text, is when Nando texted me during the game, and yep. how about Henry Ruggs and his breakout season? Uh Overreaction to say that Henry Ruggs is having well, I mean, his breakout. I think, uh, you know all the talk about both of these guys, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. They're starting. Yeah, but Brian Edwards doesn't show up until there's two well, minutes to go true, in the fourth but if quarter. That's his thing, and he's it, doing it week in and week out. Then that's you know that's production too. Um, <laughs> yeah, look at I mean Henry Ruggs is it's good. I mean this was just a complete Darren Waller offense before, and now he's got 
you know, he's got running backs he throws to that he likes. Kenyon Drake's looking good in the passing game. And, you know, and Waller's not getting completely, you know, it's not at the complete detriment of him that these other guys are getting stuff. It's just, no, but I will throw this yeah. out real quick because of the Brian Edwards. I do want to bring this up. And this is actually uh, Sean Reed yep. that writes us for The Athletic that covers the Raiders. And he was texting during – this is now preseason when he was doing his fantasy draft the last week of the season. He jokingly said, everybody wants to draft Brian Terrell Owens Edwards. And the reason he was on the same page and still is the same page of Ruggs over Edwards is because Edwards' role – Make that clear. It's like not running the exact same routes, but role in the offense is Darren Waller's role in the offense. And if you notice, and when you just mentioned Darren Waller, if you notice, Edwards usually does things when Waller is quiet because they're taking away Waller. When Edwards is quiet, that's when Waller is doing his thing because he's the first option. So that's why it's rugs for me and has been rugs for me over Edwards, which I think the biggest name here that we're disrespecting still, Funston, is their Cole Beasley and that's Hunter Renfro, who just completely nobody wants yet and is still the best option. Yeah, he might be the number option. one, but, you know, it's kind of like it's like saying, like, OK, is this Brian Edwards week or Henry Ruggs is week? Well, it's always Hunter. Yeah, the answer oh, is, the answer is either it's it's either it might be Hunter Renfro, but Hunter Renfro is probably no worse than second most weeks. And like one of these other guys is, you know, the volatility between right. those other two is going to be up and down. But Renfro is kind of like the like the safe just got steady performance kind of guy. You have your pick on waivers and you can go grab, let's say rugs is still out there. You can go grab rugs, Emmanuel Sanders, who we didn't talk about in that game. We had another big week, Hunter Renfro or Tim Patrick. Uh, who are you going to pick I might up? go Tim Patrick right now. Um, Renfro might be the, might be the play just because I know I don't have to put in as big a bid. Like Henry rugs, two good weeks, former top 10 pick, like, People are ready to buy in. They just needed a reason. They got the reason now. You know, we know the guy's talented. Renfro is just one of those guys that, you know, you put in a low ball off, you might, or low ball bid, you might just end up getting him and you might just be as productive as everybody else there. So you save your money there. That's kind of where I'm at with that. <laughs> uh, Miami side of it, we'll make this quick. Is it just fade Miami unless yes. it's Jalen Waddle, the end? And as long as it presets the quarterback, <laughs> like that's, that's the thing. Well, if Tua comes back, who, who I guess that then that's the question. Then, if it's not Waddle and it's Waddle and somebody else, who's the somebody else? When Tua um, back? that's a good question. You know, I wasn't even, I wasn't even prepared for. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I'm I don't not think sure it, it either. Um, I honestly wasn't prepared for Will Fuller being back this week. I was like, I kind of missed the that this like missed my radar. I'm, yeah. Who, by the way, you want an egregious pass interference <laughs> of a pass interference? Yeah, I Will Fuller. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. So he could add a huge day. And, Gis- and, and Gisecki, and Gisecki we'll randomly we'll has like a, a huge target day. And at, randomly, yeah. you just ex- explained it. It's, st- it's still – I would say, if you have Gasicki and you still had him, I would sell high immediately. Let me throw Will we'll Fuller to that card because Will Fuller mm-hmm. was sitting out there in a lot of leagues uh, because the you know everything going on, some people dropped him out of the frustration. Will Fuller above Tim Patrick and all those other names, or would you still go Tim um, Patrick? Honestly – I'm still going Tim Patrick. I like the narrow. I like the narrow, you mm-hmm. know, amount of targets there are there for Teddy Bridgewater. And man, you throw Jalen Waddle, Will Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki. They liked Albert Wilson and all those other little, you know, fast receivers they have. Like, yeah, I don't want to be part of that mess. I, I would rather have that be a lot cleaner with the the Sutton Patrick lineup there in Denver. Okay, much to say in this game, Bucks Rams. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the back, the back. <laughs> we said stay away from the backfield. We said buy low on Robert Woods. I mean, what Cooper Cup is in the same conversation as Mike Williams. They should well, be top five. Like, like what, what are we really taking away from this game? Is, yeah, that backfield is like New England when it was Sony Michelle, um, Rex, Rex Burkhead, and James White. Like, we just didn't want to touch it. Like, it was like, and that's the backfield for Tampa now. I know you were high on Leonard Fournette going into this week, but. He did nothing. Ronald Jones did nothing. This was completely a geo week. So I, I mean, yeah. Well, hi. He was in my twenties. Like, no, I know, hi. but I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's the high, the highest I've ever r- ranked a Buccaneer. I don't know. Like, I, I'll bring myself to rank a Buccaneers running back. In some- oh no, no, not anymore. The, the whole reason was Fournette was because I didn't expect Ronald Jones to barely ever be on the field because he can't pass ball. Well, you were right that Ronald Jones wasn't barely on the field, Fournette but then could. this was weirdly like, yeah, spect- I wasn't. Ex- I wasn't yeah. expecting as much Geo. Uh, how about Seattle, Minnesota? Any takeaways from this game? Conklin, if you need a tight end, is that yeah, really what the, we take the, away from the, this the game? The takeaway is the Seattle defense is broke right now. And and here, honestly, is the thing. <laughs> Alexander Madison had a bunch of uh, receiving production. They did it a lot the same way that they that Derrick Henry had. It was, you know, Seattle kind of gets heavy with their sort of run blitzing with Jamal Adams coming flying in. They, you know, they send a lot of guys hoping to plug running lanes as they do it. But teams are figuring out just to to let that running back just kind of sift through that and just throw right over the top of it. And that, there's a lot of production right now being had by running backs through the air against the Seahawks. Okay. Uh, and I'm hitting this because there's yeah. not a lot left here to say, but uh, and I'm saving these two for last. Uh, Green Bay, San Francisco. We got Trey Sermon. As reluctantly as you could ever see a coach getting <laughs> Trey Sermon. Did not first carry to Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, Debo was in the Samuel and then split out wide. Debo was in the Samuel. Debo was in the backfield and then split out wide. Uh, so the only real takeaway here is if Elijah Mitchell is healthy, Funston, who leads the backfield? That's the first question. There's a second I question. I kind of feel it's it. going back to where we were to start the year. I think Elijah Mitchell in the mind of Kyle Shanahan is the preferred running back at this point. Did, did Tracy Sermon do anything to change it? I don't know that he did. So... I think they will settle into the classic platoon, you know, of the two running backs filling that role. But I would expect Elijah Mitchell, if he's healthy, to maybe be the slight leader there. Okay. And you've been the Debo guy. Uh, Ayuk back? Question I am mark, a Debo guy, concerned? but it was always along the lines of why, why is Ayuk, you know, clearly ranked ahead of him? You know, like, shouldn't, shouldn't these guys be sure. similar? And they should be. And, and I even said last week – it's the Connor Edmonds situation. They should. When I kept saying they should be very, very close. Well, now that now that Kyler Murray has decided he won't take all of the you know one and two yard rushing touchdowns away <laughs> from the team, so um, he took the first one. But yeah, I mean, look, I said last week Kittle's not going to you know be disappearing very often, and Brandon Ayuk's going to be a thing, and like it's not just going to be Debo only in the passing game, and. You know, Ayuk showed up, scored a touchdown, and Kittle was doing Kittle things, and kind of everything seems back to normal. Still, I still feel better about Debo than I do Ayuk, but Ayuk was a guy that I picked up off of waivers this week in a league because people are dropping him, and I think that's a big mistake. Any interest in MVS? Yes, because it's been Aaron Rodgers' fault that MVS hasn't been scoring points before this. Like, that, you know, he... He could have had three touchdowns on in the the week before. He missed. MVS was running ahead of his 
of his guy on deep balls that Aaron Rodgers overthrew twice, and then he also threw a ball at his ankles on a cross route at the goal line that would, you know, if he throws it up into, a, you know, into the midsection, that's a touchdown as well. So, like – you know, if Aaron Rodgers is going to start coming online, then that's going to be good for MVS because he looks still like the you know the number two guy there. All right. Well, Thursday we got to get to Thursday's game because especially with waivers for a lot of people tomorrow or Wednesday, Chris mm. McCaffrey hurt. Uh, probably, yeah, not what we wanted to see. There's a second piece of this game, but first up, Hubbard. So Elijah Mitchell. Leagues went anywhere from 20 to 50, 60% of their fab on Elijah Mitchell because he was going to be the guy with no Mostert out for the entire season. Mostert, again, out for the entire season. Christian McCaffrey, we don't know the timetable. Two, three, four, five weeks. It's still kind of yeah. up in the air. How aggressive are you being after? Yeah, I think you play waivers? like you think about bidding him as like a month. I mean, Virginia Zaka's inside injuries. I saw her comment to somebody on in you know, in the comment section of a column of the injury column that just speculating initially three to six weeks as a time frame. So if you play it, you know, somewhere in the middle, like four or five weeks, um, I think you got to go aggressive. If you have Christian McCaffrey and you weren't able to get Hubbard in your, you know, in your draft, I know that happened with me. I have McCaffrey. Uh, Hubbard was drafted around earlier than I could get him in in the draft but then someone cut Hubbard and so now he was out there and I think you have to probably think about going 33 to 40% of your budget on him and you know running backs is a pretty rough landscape if you're one of the have nots you're one of those zero RB years or just you know like there's just not a lot at this point uh, to pull off of the waiver wires in terms of running back help. So anybody who has running back problems could be overly aggressive. You might not get it for 33%. I think you, I think if you want to make sure you're getting it, it's 40-plus percent. All right, so before we get out of here, some wide receivers and a tight end. Hold on for that. But real quick, what's king? Funston, Volume's what's king? king. You know what's king. Volume is king. Volume is king. I was whispering on purpose because in case anybody was watching. Yes, 100%. Brandon Cooks. No. There's nothing left to say about Brandon Cooks. You guys just said the volume is king. There is something to be said. Are you dropping Robbie Anderson at this point? You can. I'm fine with that. You're not going to get a big, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Cry for me. Like, (laughs) look at the usage just is not what it, the usage changed from what it was last year. I, I, yeah. Drop Robbie Anderson for Tim Patrick. Sure. Drop Robbie Anderson for Manuel sure. Sanders. Like Hunter Renfro. Um, that's close. Like I, I, I don't. I, I again. I don't. <laughs> if you want to make that move, I, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem. I don't think it's egregious. All right. Reminder for waivers: Curtis Samuel could be back mm-hmm. this week. There's one. If yep. you want to go, his former teammate. And before we get out of here, a trade that might not get noticed for yeah. two, two are involved. If you're looking for tight ends before we get out of here, CJ Henderson traded to the Panthers. By the way, the defense was already looking better than anybody really expected. This I can't year. believe that was such a cheap because price. Dan Arnold, you know, a first round, a third rounder, and Dan Arnold. Like, this is Urban Meyer. That Urban Meyer crazy. doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He just he doesn't. Third rounder and Dan Arnold. So, uh, no more Darnold to Arnold. Yeah. Uh, but. O'Shaughnessy was seeing a lot of work before he got hurt. So Dan Arnold now with Jacksonville. Now in office, we expect to pass a lot. But more, what does my college produce, Brandon? <laughs> Tight ends and offensive linemen. Tommy Tremble yeah. out there a lot, even before they traded Dan Arnold. So Tremble or Arnold, 
more intriguing, less intriguing to you than Conklin, and how would you rank those three? And that's mm. what we'll get out of here. Wonderful tight uh, end. Let's. I, I I like Dan Arnold in Jacksonville. I that that's the place where the volume is just not okay. going away. And um, so and you talked about O'Shaughnessy and what he was getting in there. Arnold's a good good receiver. He's athletic, so he's my number one. Um. I go. To, I'm going Conklin too. Sorry, Tremble. You're, you're you're not a distant third, but you're third. <laughs> all right. Uh, Fuss is not a distant third. Uh, we're all tied for number one on this show. Follow yeah. at Brandon. Oh no, wait. Yeah, yeah. is it at Brandon Fuss? I didn't realize you changed your Twitter it's handle. It's full, full at Brandon Fuss. I made it easy I never, for everyone. Yeah. Full full <laughs> at Brandon Funst. <laughs> we'll be back. Well, the show will be back tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday, as always, for the ranking show. Still sans Beller while he's living it up in Hawaii, probably not thinking about his Wisconsin Badgers. But we'll be back later, guys. We love you. Bye. <laughs>